Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, driving passion for sport and communities throughout Ireland and abroad. We may not be able to get in on the sporting action like we're used to, but we can get in on some exclusive offers from Renault. To celebrate their second year as official car partner of the GEA, Renault is offering a range of special offers on their new and used vehicles, exclusive to all GEA club members. So now you can take home the win right to your door. Check out renault.ie forward slash GEA to find out more. Green, all right. I'm green, all right. You're going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Listen, they're green, and now they're really roaring. And I can tell you, tell you, that there won't be a cloud milk and declare for at least a week. Hello, everyone. You're very welcome to the Irish Examiner Gaelic Football Show. My name is Paul Rouse, and I'm joined today by Ushin McConville, the former Armagh footballer will be coming to Ushin in a little bit. He has a lot to say about Cork and Kerry, and we need to give him space to make a full statement to the people of Cork. <laughs> We're joined also by a very special guest today, Dermot Murphy, who won four All-Irelands playing in goals for Kerry and was a selector for almost a decade, firstly under Jack O'Connor and then with Eamon Fitzmaurice. Uh, Dermot agreed to come on the show before the defeat, so this isn't going to be exactly uh, what he thought he'd signed up for. But we have to start with... Kieran Sheehan, the Cork footballer. Last week, Kieran walked among us like a prophet from the south, dispensing truth and wisdom, telling us the future. He didn't just tell us that Cork were going to beat Kerry. He told us how Cork would do it, the tone that would be set, and most of all, he made it clear that defeat to Kerry would not be countenanced. There's a bit of edginess. There's a bit of rawness in the group. I absolutely think that they, they, can, they can win, and I believe they can win. To be honest, look, and Oshin, to be fair, and I think a lot of people are thinking the same, that Cork can, can, can get something out of this by not winning. That has gone on too much for Cork football. I, I think they can't accept anything else but a win. I think this, this game has actually got so much riding on it for Cork football. And the, player, the players know that. And the players are going to give absolutely everything. Cork are one win away from people actually kind of sitting up in their chairs and starting to notice that there's a team here. If, if, if I'm wearing a Cork jersey, um, and I'm playing Kerry at the weekend and I go into a dressing room and the management or any other player or any part of the, the squad can see that I don't believe that we're going to beat Kerry. I'm wasting my time. I should be taking that Cork jersey back off me and walking out the door. From what I'm seeing, that's the attitude of this Cork team. Kieran, uh, what was different about Cork yesterday? Um, to be honest, Paul, I think that the simple answer there is um, I, I think they've showed a hunger and desperation um, that they hadn't shown previously. Um, they knew how much was on the line um, for, for this game of football. Uh, and no matter who the opposition was, be it Kerry, Dublin, Mayo, any team that's, you know, you know winning that top, top five teams in Ireland, um, you know, they needed to win that game. They needed to win it. And I think they needed to win it a lot more than, than I'd say what Kerry 
Kerry felt like they needed to to win it. Um, and it it showed it showed throughout the game. Cork wanted um, it more. Yeah, I, I think that's the simple answer. I think that's the simple answer. I think there's a lot more um, ways in which which Cork set up. Um, I think the 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 way they attacked the game. I think the the way they hung on the grist they showed. Um, I, I think there's a lot of people would say that you know Kerry played poorly. Um, I think that a team. If a team plays poorly, they're they're playing poorly off the, the back of the other team, you know, making them play poorly. Um, I think the Cork's pressure, I think, showed big time. Now, not as easy to see it in a wet, slippery day. Um, but I think if you were there at the game, I, I actually wasn't myself, but um, I think I could just see that the, the pressure was on right from the start. So what, what what exactly worked? What were the plans that worked? I think one of the key things was the Cork played with wit. I think they 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 played the the flanks very very well. Um, I think Kerry had been doing that previously, and in, in, you know you could see that by the last couple of league games um, with Paul Murphy and Gavin White. But I think Cork actually um, Cork's uh, wing forwards John O'Rourke and I think uh, Rory Dean they put in a huge shift, and I think that kind of went a little unnoticed as well. Um, they prevented the two lads from from making their long busting runs down the wings, you know, um, and I think Cork. To the opposite effect, um, they moved the ball really well. Were really careful in possession. Um, I think when they got to that, you know, forty-five mark, and Kerry kind of, you know, set up defensively really well at that point. Cork were very careful with how they used the ball, and I think that that told throughout the game. They waited for the right opportunities. They executed really well in comparison to last year's monster final. Um, and I think it, I think it showed. And I think it, it like they hung in there right till the end, and they got their opportunity. Yes, Kerry got away from him at times. You know, you, you'd be looking in the last, you know, the last half of, of the extra extra time period, and uh, you'd be worried. But you know, I talked about belief and and the belief that the, these this Cork football team had, and that's right throughout down through management as well. That that's where where it was did that come from? from? Where did the belief I, come from? I, I think Ron, I think Ronan I think Ronan has done a super job of the last number of years. Um, I think off the back of the, the confidence they gained from last year's you know Super Eights, the, their game against Kerry, and I, I mentioned it last week as well in relation to the Cork under twenty victory, the All Ireland. Um, you know, winning creates a, a winning habits, and you know the kind of I think it showed. I think Ronan Ronan's message really showed in the group. I think they really believed that they could win. Um, and that that was clear by by you know hanging in there and and, and then ending up getting a last minute goal to win it. Um, but that I, I was just extremely proud from my from my living room last night watching the game. Just that lads were just willing to dig deep and not give up on it. And um, look, again, it's it's a game that they'll they'll cherish and remember, and they, they no doubt kind of celebrated with their families uh, last night and and will you know, recognise the achievement today. But um, again, it's, it's about looking at it a couple of weeks' time now again. You know, it's a, it's a monster final. Um, you know, you beat Kerry, it's great. But, um, you know, it's nothing without, without carrying it on and, and winning a monster title and, and going for, for, from there. We'll be coming back uh, to you, Kieran, to look in more in depth at how exactly Cork did this. Uh, but Dermot, the obvious question has to be, how does it feel to hear a Cork man say, that his team wanted to win a Munster semi-final more than your team did? The truth, uh, quite simply, like, you know, if you look at the way the game panned out from start to finish, and even in the first five minutes of it, I think Cork set the tone early on. They were very, very aggressive, and rightly so. That's the way that they had to be to, you know, they had to go down that road if that's the way they were going to win. And 
be honest, I don't think our fellas were really mentally prepared for that. Um, like to me, it looked like Cork played the game as if it was a knockout championship game, you know, that there's no tomorrow, it was do or die. I thought Kerry played the game as if there was a back door there. That's the, that's the way it seemed to me, you know, that they weren't, Cork just wanted it more. And you can see it through the 50-50s uh, throughout the game. Did Kerry take this game for granted? Um, I don't think they took it for granted, but, and I can guarantee you that the management would have been warning them as to what was coming down the tracks, um, especially given the conditions on the day, you know, it was always going to be a bit of a dogfight, really. But you just wonder sometimes with players as they get into their head a little bit um, that, you know, that maybe today isn't going to be as, as hard as maybe what Peter and the boys are telling us, you know, that kind of way. And I just wonder, was that a factor at times? And I think Cork set the tone early and Kerry reacted poorly to it. I, and that carried through for the whole match then. And... I, it was, it was, it, look, it was very, very, obviously, it was very disappointing from a Kerry point of view, and Kerry played very, very poorly, but they could have done a lot more to help themselves as well. But, but, but did the Kerry management not set the tone before the game by the team they picked? Like, have you ever seen a more negative Kerry team take the field? Well, the team selection was it was conservative at best, uh, very cautious. Like you know, and I thought, look, and when I saw the team picked, I saw Stephen O'Brien playing, and Stephen is um, he's a good attacking player. He's you know he'll take on his man, but and he 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 wins a lot of frees. He makes a lot of scores himself by bursting on through. And but the other thing about Stephen is his work rate is quite good. He's you know he's he's, he's as a half forward, he is going to tackle. He's going to get stuck in, and oh, unless he had an injury that he wasn't able to play the the, the full game. But to me. We had other fellas there that could have come in and played a more attacking role if he wasn't able to do that. And in fairness to Brian, look, I mean, they've used him as a sub in the two league games so far, coming on in that wing forward position when they're defending a lead, which is okay, I suppose, if that's the way you want to go down. But um, to start yesterday, I thought it was a bit of a stretch from him. And in fairness him, he wasn't one of the worst of the carry guys there. He got stuck in, did his job, you know, did, did everything that was expected of him. But again, I think in relation to setting the tone, it showed how Kerry were going to approach the game. Uh, by making that change, and and, and yeah. even even away from personnel, they were set up very defensively. They were, and like I look, when you're looking at that kind of defensive system and the way teams play it a lot of the time, okay, you're getting bodies back behind the ball, but usually you see the opposition forwards they engage the defenders much higher up the pitch coming out, and. I thought what Kerry were going to do was okay, run a bucket, drop back into the middle of the field, and. As a third midfielder, Darmine will come up and play as a half forward. And okay, the half forward will drop a bit and they leave the two lads pretty much ahead of the ahead of the ball, which they hadn't done in the previous two games, but I thought they might go a slightly different way yesterday and turn that middle uh, sector of the field into an absolute battleground. But what was happening? The game went down. Kerry were sinking deeper, 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 that it was almost on the 50-yard line before they engaged the cockfellas there um, as the game went down. And it was too far back. It was just too far back. And even when they they turn over the ball. They still had the whole length of the field to go. And it, it, it was, look, it, I didn't think that, okay, the system they had, and it had worked from a couple of league games, but they, they applied it very poorly yesterday, I thought. Garrett, Garrett do you think um, the conditions had anything to do with the late changes and the, the way they set it up? Or, like, you know, the way you'd see that it's, you know, teeming rain down outside, it's going to be a slippy, kind of a bit of a dog fight, maybe. Um, and I, I was just wondering, like, you know, because... You know, yourself, you know, Cork probably would be notorious for, for the running game. And, you know, um, Kerry would always be well aware of that. Um, 
I'm just wondering, just because of the conditions, just because of Cork's running game, were, were they changing their tactics purely because of that? Or was it a case of, this is, what, this is the way we're going to set up, up against Cork? Did they know that for the last you know, number of weeks? Or what, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I don't know. Like, I mean, you just wonder in the back of the mind of the management, was this a, set, a system for down the road? Are you, you know, is this something that we're going to bed this in here now and get over these next couple of games and use it for Crow Park? I, I don't really know. Only they could say that, like, you know, but even regardless of the personnel that were there, the system was set up to stop that cock running anyway, because in the Munster final last year, I remember a lot of the cock lads, they beat one player, drop the shoulder, take on a player, and it was nearly goal on every time from midfield in. So what I think they were trying to do was maybe get those bodies behind so that if a Cork player did beat his opponent, he's faced into more carry fellas. But I, the problem with that was, with me, with making that change, it left us very short of ball carriers to take the ball up the field without Stephen there, you know, when we did turn over possession, when we did get the ball. Because Cork had their homework done, and you, were, you referred to there earlier on, and Gavin White, and Paul Murphy, even, and Tom Sullivan, you know, our lads who were very good at driving up the field. They targeted those lads when they were in possession. They really went after them. And you can see, like, Ronan McCarthy did well, but Keen is there as well. I know Keen well, and he, from, from his time with Kerry, and he's a great man to do homework and opposition and go after teams where they think they're strong. And I think Cork did that very well yesterday. That's where I think Stephen O'Brien could have been a very good player for Kerry because he's good at doing that job as well, getting coming deep, getting the ball and running up the field and getting a bit of momentum going. So, or even trying to put somebody else in there and attack mind the player into the half forward line as well. That that's you know that could give them the same impact, but um, it didn't happen. It didn't happen for Kerry yesterday. It didn't happen at all. Oshin, um, do you have a prepared statement that you want to read to the people of Cork, or is there anything you'd like to say to Kieran, or do you just want to move on from the whole thing? I was thinking just a, a simple sorry. <laughs> I was gonna. I was, Apology accepted, Oshin. That's not hard. <laughs> I was going to sing it, but uh, I thought yeah, that might don't make do that. Worse. I thought that might make things worse. Um, as I say, last week what I said was right. <laughs> to go back last week, what I said was, if Cork were to win this game, then something would have to be very different about Cork, and there was something very different about Cork. And the, the biggest thing and the biggest compliment I can give them is that when even at the end of the game, two points down, Luke Conley kicks a free kick from the stand, basically. Yeah. And when he, when he kicks that, you know, it was their confidence and their belief seemed to be unwavering. Um, and I, I thought this is the team that's going to just fall short. And I was still going to come on here this morning. I was still going to apologize because there was something dramatically different about them. Uh, my apologies, but number number 20 for Cork, the ball he won, the 50-50 ball he won on the far side of the field from where Luke Conley took the, uh, took the yeah, free Yeah, unreal. Kick. The slide he's, when he went in and slid in. Slid in across. Yeah. Unreal. He's going He's going to help me out, Kieran. You're going to help me out. I'm sorry. I apologize. I, I, I forget his name. But um, uh, when he won that ball, he was the, the, the attack developed again from there. And he had no God-given right to win the ball. There, there was a huge amount of mistakes. Kerry, the mindset just wasn't right. It wasn't right. And when you see them missing easy free kicks, you know that the mindset isn't right. 
And the thing uh, that 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 uh, I would say most about about Kerry was that their substitutions. So the likes of Killian Spillane, you know, he was going on there with a point of proof. He's in a completely different mind, uh, space in his mind than the rest of those Kerry players. I felt, I felt as if uh, Kerry felt that eventually it was going to happen. Eventually, it was going to turn around. There's one thing about about Kerry that I actually in a strange way admired though they obviously had made the decision in the last number of months that this is the way they were going to play and they weren't going to waver from that and they continued to play like that now they could have pushed up they could have pressed they could have went for the juggler they could have done all those things but I agree uh, with Dermot I think that the plan that they when this was was designed and they played against Monon and they played against Donegal and it worked so well that they were gonna uh, they were gonna continue this. They weren't gonna blink the first time the thing started to get tough because if you do that, it sends a signal out to the players to say, "Listen, we're not actually a hundred percent sure if this is the way to go down the lane," and they were just trying to eke out a win and get over the lane and and it's, just weren't allowing that. Isn't this the isn't this the big problem for 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 Peter Keane and for for his management team? And it's that he overcorrected the le- from the lessons of last year in setting up his team this year so defensively. I thought Tomas O'Shea was brilliant on the Sunday game last night in in what he said, and he finished up with a sentence in which he said, "Kerry set up for a game that's never going to come now." And is that not the is is that not like an indictment of how you approach a championship? It is. But I, I can still understand why they done what they done, and and hindsight is a great is a great thing. But if Kerry do come out of that game winning by a point yesterday, uh, I wouldn't say it fr- it would have franked everything that had gone on. But what it would have done was listen, lads, we're a work in progress. We won that game, but we're going to continue to play the way we're playing because we have bigger fish to fry down the, down the road. Now, to get back to Cork, like, I mean, like, it would be patronising for me to come on this morning and say they showed all the fight, they won all the 50-50s, they've done all that. But you look at even the basic errors and you do the basic error count and the difference between Cork. Cork made errors, yes. Yeah. But not as many fundamental errors as Kerry made. In on goal and just the opportunity to pass over that and just wanting to take that extra touch, wanting to make it the perfect score. And uh, and Cork, like th- people saying, Cork hung in there. Cork did a lot more than hang in there. You know, Cork had opportunities as well to, you know, to get into a lead. And, and I think at the start of the game, when, at, at a period in the game in the in the second quarter of the game, when Cork were on top, a wee bit more belief at that stage from Cork, and they could have kicked on and be five or six, five or six ahead. But the, but the thing for me was that. The belief really started to come with Cork when they got to the, to the second water break in the second half and they turned around to look at the scoreboard and they said, listen, lads, you know, we're still in there. We're still in this. These are not the team that everybody has built them up to be. Uh, like, like, a lot of people fancy Kerry to win the All-Ireland. Do you know what I mean? Off the back of... well, Did you the fancy them of, to win the All-Ireland? Did you fancy them to win it? No. I didn't fancy the winner because yeah. I just I just all I just always felt that Dublin are just Dublin are just just those couple of steps ahead, even though they've come back into the pack a little bit. But uh, like I mentioned about about I was at the Monaghan game, and 
it would be fair to say that, that Kerry owned that game. And Mono put a high ball into the square at the end. They could have ended up in the net and it would have been a draw. And you would have walked away from the game going, how, how could that possibly have finished up in a draw? So the, the Kerry are a team who, 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 have, who will keep you in it. The way they are playing, they will keep you in the game. But uh, as far as Cork's concerned, I mean, hats off to them. Like Kieran was saying about Kieran mentioned Rory Dean. I love just a glimpse of his GPS yesterday because in the 74th minute, he got back, he was in his defense, and the next thing he just started off on this run. And he seemed, he looked like a lad who wasn't 100% sure of his legs were going to get him up the top of the field, but they did. And that's there's a couple of things about that. There's yes, there's the condition and all that, but you have to have the will to do that. You have to have the will and the drive inside yourself in order to do that. And I just felt they had that yesterday. Powder is exceptional. I'd love to see him play a little bit. If they could afford that, I'd love to see him play a little bit more out around the middle of the field. I'd love to see him, like if, if your team is playing a, a maybe a third midfield or something for him to, to have, the, for him to be in that area, break ball, uh, go forward ball, still be able to cover off in the fence. Uh, Tony Lean told me about this guy a number of years ago and uh, I've been keeping an eye out since and, uh, he, he, he's been dogged by injury obviously but uh, yesterday uh, hopefully he can stay injury free because he's the real deal and this this approach Kiran, to the game it it, it it was transformed on one level by Mark Keane coming in w- when did he join the panel when did he rejoin the panel Mark rejoined only was it two or three weeks ago three weeks ago maybe um, he, I actually wasn't there at the time when he first came in, um, but he he added a new dimension. Um, Did you know him in Australia? Had you been in touch with him yeah, in Australia at all? Yeah, I met Mark for the first time in Australia, um, and would have met him a couple of times out in Australia, um, and built up a, a good relationship with Mark out there. Um, and I have stayed in touch with him since um, over the past year or so. You know, when he was out there and I was back here in Ireland and. He, we, we had many a conversation about Cork football and to think now, you know, how he's waking up this morning and feeling um, is, is amazing, really, to be honest. Um, you know, I, I, like it was straight out of the textbook AFL bodywork, the way the goal happened, to be honest with you. If you watched it, he, he kept his eye on the ball as soon as it came off the boot. Then he took his eye off the ball, reset into position, engaged Tommy Walsh's body, released in the drop zone. And ball into his hand, goal. So it was, it was almost like it was, uh, it was, it was straight out of the AFL textbook, you know. Um, great feet, wasn't it? It was great feet to actually move himself to get the shot. Great really feet quick. for great feet for a big man. But like to be able to judge the drop zone, to be able to release Tommy Walsh at just the split second that the ball just drops into his hand, and then get boot to ball as quick as he did for the size of him, um, was was very impressive. Um, you know, he Mark, Mark on, is he? Is he- yeah. Is he going to be here for the duration? Will he be able to see out the championship? Or? He'll be here for the duration, yeah. yeah. Most AFL squads will be starting their pre-season in January um, next year because of the, the whole COVID situation. Um, but he, uh, look, I, I suppose he, he know himself, he wasn't really in the game. It, when no. he came on, he, he wasn't really in the game. He did a couple of really nice things, had a, you know, a chip ball into, I think it was Michael Hurley at one stage, which was kind of split the carry defence as well. Um, but, 
all all he needs is one moment. Um, he has a great pair of hands. He he stood up. He was in the right spot. He, you know, he finished it off. And um, you know, credit to him. Um, I'm sure sure him and his family would be would be very excited. Um, but look, I, I do I do think that that Cork and just to touch on what Sheen said there about Rory Dean. Um, there was a couple of examples of that. I think Sean Meehan in the lead up to the goal there again the end of extra time. Um, this fellow was playing the under-20 All-Ireland last year, centre-back, you know, or wing-back, and he came in, played centre-back against Kerry, you know, had an outstanding game, really, from the start to finish. But at the end, just to put an extra bit of juice in his legs, took on Kerry, you know, <clears throat> almost opened up. I was kind of saying, shoot, shoot, shoot. Did you want him to shoot? Yeah, did you want I, him to I, shoot I, that time? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I was kind of willing him to shoot. Um, but, do you know what? He, he made the decision. You know, he wanted to get it to someone that was, you know, more... More comfortable in that position, he popped it off, and you know it, it was just a sign of of Cork's belief that they could do it again. That just that injection of pace, and I think there was a number of example, examples of it throughout the game. But I thought, the, in particular, the younger lads, Sean Meehan, um, you know, um, I think even Colm O'Callaghan. No, he didn't, you know, come into game game a huge amount, um, but he gets a good taste of what you know competitive senior football is. No, um, the likes of Killian O'Hallan, I thought, was outstanding. Um, I thought he kicked some crucial freeze off the ground again when it was terrible conditions, and I thought he carried a world of ball. Um, I thought he he stood out for me, and I thought he was borderline man of the match as well um, with Potter. Um, but uh, look, it's 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 good signs. It's good signs, but again, it's important not to get carried away here. Um, I think Cork can build on this. I think there there as I said, there is belief in the squad. Um, it's just about taking the next step from here. Uh, Dermot, Dermot, we were talking about just about the goal for a second. The high mm-hmm. ball's dropping and it's it's um, it's coming into the square. You can see Tommy Walsh is grappling there as a goalkeeper. Are you coming? The where I'm coming from on this is I come from a club with a, a long dynasty of furlong goalkeepers, and I would be fairly sure that first of all with Martin and then with his son Ken that there there would have been hospitalizations under that dropping ball. Would you have come for that ball? You had to, well, you see, part of it there is as well is, and it was interesting to hear Kieran on about Mark and his Aussie rules training inside there. The man who was on him had got exactly the same training as well, I'm sure, in this time, you know. And I, to me, it looked like with Tommy in there, it was a forward, Mark and a forward, because Tommy's positioning wasn't great. Mark readjusted when the ball was in the air. Tommy really needed to get goal side of him. He really needed to have his body between, um, between Mark and the goal. And if you look at it, Mark caught the ball into his chest. Uh, it wasn't a big high catch over his head, you know, like the, the, the marks you'd see in Aussie rules. And if Tommy had gotten himself into the right position, even if Mark had caught it, it, it he, would have had, he would have been between him and the goal. Secondly, he could have boxed him out a little bit, just come in behind him a small bit. Then the goalie can come out and contest it. It makes it much easier for the goalie. Uh, so Tommy's position wasn't great in it. I still thought Shane could have come in it. I still thought he could have come in it and got something on it because Mark was almost in a standing position. He was taking the ball on the turn. Shane would have had the advantage of the jump on it. But I suppose at the time, Tommy could have called it or he backed Tommy to get it inside there. But it, it, it did look like a forward playing full back, you know, um, in, in the way it worked out. But um, it wasn't, it, it was just poorly defended all around, really, poorly defended. Uh, I know what you mean, like the goalie there could have come. And in, in that situation, all he would have had done was get a fist and get it out into the corner, you know. But uh, again, hindsight is great. If, if we think, if from, from the gist of the conversation, 
so far is that Kerry have were outfought and they were they were also really outthought in in terms of how the teams were set up and and how how it goes. But were they also outskilled on the day? Like how Kerry's skills on the day were 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 really patchy. Dreadful, really dreadful on the ball. It was like I mean, if you look, if you break it down a little bit more, and you look at it yesterday morning, if you told a Kerry supporter that uh, even taking the conditions into account, Cork are going to score ten points here in the seventy minutes, you would have taken that. You would have taken that yesterday morning, and you would have backed the Kerry forwards uh, again, even though a bad day to get more, uh, get more scores on the day. And you look at some of the chances that Kerry missed, and like. Skills, yes, were very poor. The amount of hand passes that went to ground, simple kick passes that didn't hit the target, you know, that skidded past their man because on the wet day, everything has to be so accurate and so on the money. Um, but at the same time, the shooting up front, the decision-making up front. And to me, that's really, and bad and all is Kerry, and Kerry were bad yesterday, but it was those, like, I, I've never seen a Kerry team miss 321 air Never. That's, that's, you wouldn't see that in your club team at home, really, do you know? And that's not... And it's very hard to explain that when you look at the lads who are kicking it, you know, two of the best players that Kerry have had over the last couple of years. It's it's inexplicable, like, that you would miss those handy frees. Um, there was a mark taken by David Clifford inside the the inside the 21-yard line at one stage with two backs on him he played on. Again, poor decision-making. Um, so there was numerous examples of that. Tony Brassett, I remember the first 10 minutes, they missed three or four very easy scores in front of the goal. And again, as Kieran said, they were under pressure a lot of the time as well when they were taking on these shots. But at the same time, Kerry made enough chances to win the match yesterday. Um, skill set, yes. I think I, this is something going back with some of the Kerry lads over the last couple of years. Kicking off their left leg or weaker leg isn't great with a lot of them. It's something that you would have noticed um, down the last couple of years. But I, I still think they made enough opportunities yesterday to win that game, bad and all as they were. Like you, 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 you probably have to think there's a like there's a um, there was a bit of a mental thing there with with Kerry yesterday in relation to we like from watching Kerry you've seen them do amazing things skills wise you know Clifford and and Shawnee O'Shea and these lads they're unbelievably skillful team. Um, what I'd say is I think Cork's discipline. I think there was a couple of moments. I think Powder had a big hit in the first half. He turned over a ball, and I think. Guys kind of got energy from that and caught with from, from looking at the Cork lads. And I think Kerry knew they were in for a bit of a battle at that stage. And they they tried things that they wouldn't normally try. They they as you said, made mention to there, there the, the couple of frees that they missed, which was very unlike them. And it's often said when you when you make an error, sometimes even at, you notice at training, sometimes when you make an error, there seems to be two or three errors that follow it. Um, and it's how you kind of react to that is a sign of a very, very good team. Like you see it, seen Dublin do it over the years where, you know, they make a mistake and it might be at a crucial time, but all of a sudden they get the ball back and they're, they're disciplined with the ball. They take their time. They look for their moment um, or they, they ramp up the pressure to the next level and they turn over the ball. So like uh, just, just from what, yes, I think from, from a skills set point of view, I think it was definitely this, the psychological side of it had, a, had an impact on the Kerry players um, and as you as you mentioned earlier, the pressure and the flip side of that, Cork, like Cork had the ball for two and a half minutes or nearly three minutes at one stage and got a score off the back of it, you know, in, in dirty kind of wet conditions. And I think that played into the factor of, you know, the, the skill sets, you know, there was just a bit of a, I think the discipline side of it kind of just overpowered the skill side of, yeah. of yesterday. And I think yeah. mentally as well, Kieran. too, you just wonder too, sometimes... Uh, 
our players as well prepared as they could otherwise be just themselves and this isn't the management thing this is purely down to the players themselves like are they ready for battle today and you could see it in some of the decision making there especially in the second half of extra time uh, Kerry turned over some very very poor balls you know there was freeze driven 70 yards up the field when they should have retained possession so maybe there was nobody coming looking for it might be another thing but shot selection as well was dreadful I thought at times that we shot when we should have held the ball and we held the ball when we should have attacked and drove on especially in the second half of extra time because I thought Cork looked tired in that period of the game a lot of them you know that there were a few more mistakes creeping into it but mentally Kerry just weren't in a position to take advantage of it Killian Spillane intercepted the ball towards the end of the game there when it was a one-point game, I think. It was a free that was taken and he just intercepted it. He tried to play it to David Clifford in. It was a 2-1-1. He over, he over hit the pass and was cleared up the field again. There was like, And in fairness to Killian, I'm not picking him up because you know he came on in the 50th minute and he was Kerry's man of the match by an absolute mile. You know? But it just goes to show that the decision-making in attack and in possession yesterday was probably the poorest display I've seen from Kerry in possession, ball in hand, in a long, long time. You know? And when our running game was stopped, when those runners up the field uh, weren't able to make, weren't able to advance and get the ball up as they usually were in the last couple of games, we really didn't have too much more other than that, really, you know, from an attacking sense. Wasn't, wasn't that surprising? Much. Wasn't that surprising, Oshin, that, that once those runners were, were kept, that Kerry didn't really, they didn't, they didn't adjust? Yeah, well, it wasn't an evening really for kicking the ball in because it was, it, was, it was skipping off the ground and, and, and heading out. And as well as when Cork were able to curtail those, those runners, the Kerry attack looked really, really clueless. You know what I mean? You're just talking, Dan was talking about that that one, the Killian's plan, but that was after, I think that was after a Cork hour. I think there was maybe two, three hours in a row. And you're just saying at that stage, just, just hold on to the ball. And I know it's, it's very, very easy saying that. But to go back on the, on the mindset thing, like any, anybody, you guys who manage teams or manage teams, I know team. I know my team. If, if my team's going out onto the pitch and, and they're, they're not 100% right, you know what after 10 minutes. And it's, the, it's, it's almost impossible to flip it. Because once you have... Like, that, that mindset didn't happen five minutes before you went on the pitch. That mindset has been building the week of the match. And if you believe certain things in your mind, it's very difficult to turn that and flip it on its, on its head. And, uh, and, and as a manager, you're, you're just over the line. You're just, you're just praying to yourself, let's just, today, let's just get over the line and I'll absolutely hammer them during the week for the next one. Yeah. But it's, it's knockout football on the next one, just like Tomas said last night. The next one, it's not coming now until. And, until and as next a player, year. have you have you been on the field as a player in a match yes. that you're expected to win, and it just yes. it just goes from you from even from a freeze point of view, from a shooting point of view, but on a general performance point of view. Yes, and you know it, and you feel it, <laughs> and you're trying to drag it back, and you can't, and it is it's the most frustrating thing, and. Do you know what I mean? You're trying to get around everybody and if you get a break, there's an opportunity maybe to flip it a little bit at, at, at half-time. But, you know, it takes a really good start then in the second half, you know, and you, and you need to then make sure that everybody's kicking on and everybody's in the same wavelength. But I, I've seen it, I've, I've been on the pitch when it's happened on numerous occasions, absolutely numerous occasions at club level and we've just about squeaked over the line and won by a point and the next day we come out moving by 10. Because 
you're not going to let that happen again. Do you know what I mean? But it's the times when you're caught, it's really, that's the really sickening, you know, days whenever you're, you're caught and you realise, you know, because of our mindset, we don't have another day out. I, th- I think the lack, of, the lack of preparation plays a part here as well in relation to training. Training, I think a lot of teams nowadays are, are training with scenario planning. So you might be, you know, two points down with, you know, five minutes to go. How do you play? How, like, you know, what do we need to do now in this scenario? Or flip side of that, we're five points up, you know, we're comfortable. How do we kick on uh, with 10 minutes to go, you know? So... I think limited preparation, I think, showed a touch there with Kerry as well in relation to how they responded to certain certain situations. Now, I could be completely wrong. They might have they might have planned, but just from from watching it, I thought that maybe they just weren't ready for you know that scenario of being you know a couple of points down or you know or potentially Cork being within a point and and you know taking the game to them. Um, and I think that's something like and no credit to I think have to mention the fact that Rowan and McCarthy management made some excellent substitutions at the right time like bringing Luke Connolly on there uh, I thought he made a huge huge difference um, and, and he had to make that decision to not start Luke as well you know um, and I think he brought him on he brought something different again to Clark's attack um, uh, he brought on a couple of other guys fresh legs Kerrigan at the right time a bit of ex- Paul Kerrigan with a bit of experience Sean White a guy that was playing centre forward against Kerry last year came on and um, you know, Damien Gore, Paul Ring, two under twenties from last year. Like these are guys that you know came on and got a good taste, as I said before, to senior football. But credit to management, they made the decisions and the calls at the right time, and I think that had a huge impact on the game as well. And what's it like to be in the Kerry uh, intercounty setup today? You want to know the the blinds are pulled and you're not setting foot outside the door too much anyway. You know, just as well as level five, I'd say. But um, <laughs> they'll be glad of it. But um, but like even the touch of one thing there, Oshin said about about when you're in these matches where you're expected to win and where things aren't going as you thought they should be going. A lot of the times, it's up to the senior players. There's two or three lads in every team that'll say, "Hang on a minute here, no, we'll grab it by the." the short and curlies, you know, and who are going to take charge of the ball, take charge of the situation and make sure everybody's doing the job they should be doing. And Kerry lacked that yesterday. They lacked that. I think that there was a, a deficiency of leadership out in the field when things were going against them. Um, so is this the normal growing pains of a young team that's trying to push its way through? Yes. And there is huge expectation levels there of these lads as well. Like, you know, and it's, it's, it, look, it's not easy. It's not, look, it's not easy being a Kerry footballer today. It's not easy being part of the management either, by the way. Um, you know, on a day like today. But well, How do you mean? Oh, well, like, I mean, you're, 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 you're public, you're public property down here, really, you know, so you've got to work today. A lot of fellas, you know, maybe they're working from home, maybe they're not. Like, you go, your teacher, you went to school. Sean O'Shea, I think he's teaching Donald Bell and Colleague. I tell you, he's, He's not having a fun time right now. I can guarantee you that. Like you know, so. Um, how do you get through work. that? How do How do you get through that? What do you do? Well, I'll tell you exactly what do you do with it. You bottle it, and when you come around next year, and when you, and especially for the, a lot of like, you bear in mind a lot of the Kerry lads that are there, and okay, they've had a lot of success at underage, and and they're rightly have gotten plaudits for a lot of what they've done over the last couple of years, but. They still have to land the big one, lads, you know, and that's and that's the name of the game down here. And I, t- you would hope from a Kerry point of view that they'll battle whatever uh, uh, grief they're going to get over the next um, for, over the next while, and they will get it. I can guarantee you that, and come back stronger next year. That's all you can do, you know. And and 
try and use that and learn from it, which will be the key thing, and make sure that they're not in that position again. What they do, Paul, is they bottle it up like Cork did for the last eight years. <laughs> and it pours out then on, this, on a one special day that we get a chance to, to do it. So Cork have been doing that for, for a fair few years. Um, Eamon so, Fitzmaurice yeah. wrote a brilliant thing um, a couple of years ago now where he talked about how Kerry, Cork had a win, would have a win and would never really back it up. You know, they'd have a good performance and don't back it up. Are Cork going to back it up this time? I think so. I think so. I think, again, I, I mentioned it to it a while ago. Um, I think it's important that they kick on from here. I think you've, you've last night and today to, you know, relax and say, yeah, job well done. But I think after that, you're back into training tomorrow um, and it's back to reality. You know, the end goal for every team is to win Sam Maguire, you know, and that, that's, that's the reality of it, right? Um, now, this car group, made a pact that we were going to take it game by game um, and and they've done that um, so the, the next step now is is a monster final against Tip um, and I mentioned it look they, they have to be winning games they won yesterday um, to beat Tip in a monster final isn't going to be easy Will you um, be back for the monster final? I won't be back for the monster final no no, um, at the moment, look, I, I'm back. I'm back running. Hopefully, uh, uh, this week, but it'll be a case of uh, week by week after that. Um, hopefully, the lads progress. Uh, it'd be great to, to take, play some part. But look, we'll see if I'm up to the pitch as well. There's uh, there's some, as you saw yesterday, there's some fit lads out there. Um, so we'll have to get up to that level uh, by the time I even put my hand up. So look, we'll just kind of see how things go from there. But. Yeah, look, monster final, monster final is a, is a great occasion. Um, I think it's a part they, that they start looking to that um, maybe after after today and and, and kind of you know obviously looking through you know areas of improvement for Cork in many ways as well. There's, the great thing about it is there is many areas for improvement with Cork. Um, you know, for example, um, just times there where uh, I suppose the conditions dictated a lot of how how the team set up, but there was there was times where Cork took the ball into contact got turned over um you know i think the turnover rate was was through the roof so that's something that cart need to work on i thought defensively they took steps forward but there was occasions as well where you know david clifford and a couple of lads got you know they were one-on-one um and that's not what cork are trying to do at the moment just trying to help defense you know between you know all the defense giving that protection there um and how how are you trying to do it what what, what are cork trying to do I think you could see from yesterday that, the, like Matty Taylor, for example, um, a, a guy that's notoriously known for breaking the line and kind of um, attacking and running at the carry defence, he played a very selfless role yesterday. He got on a lot of ball, but what you don't see out of shot is the the, the work that he does in in relation to the ball on the far side. You know, tucking in a small bit, giving that bit of prote- protection. Um, uh, Powder done it excellently as well. Dropped off really well. Filled the hole really well. Um, and like Mara Shanley, for example, who was who was against who was marking up against David Clifford, I thought he'd done a great job. But again, with with the assistance of the other the other five backs as well, like you know, it's it's I mentioned it before, it's it's, it's team defense game we're playing now. It's not just one on one individual battles. And I thought uh, I thought Cork were good, but I thought there's there's definitely areas for improvement on that as well. If we look at if we look at the way things are, Oshin now, we've seen all the contenders for the All Ireland except for Galway in, in championship football. Who, how do you rate them? Um, <clears throat> I think Mayo uh, 
look pretty good. I, I'm just worried about them as as things progress uh, around the middle. Um, I think that uh, um, Galway are at a massive disadvantage uh, next weekend because they have no game, and I know they would have been crying out for a game. There's obviously no possibility of getting challenge matches or anything. So I think um, that might come against them. You know, Mayo, you know, started the game against Roscommon really well yesterday. And if they were to do that again, it's, it's tough ass for Galway. Um, I think, you know, I, I think Cork will back up what they did. And, uh, you know, that's an all Ireland semi final against, you know, a Mayo or a Galway. Like, I mean, the thing. That side of the draw is is very very open, uh, you know. Any one of those, uh, realistically, you know, um, not discounting tip, but any one of those three teams could be in a in an All Ireland final. You know what I mean? So it's amazing how the thing opens up, but also for a lot of teams, um, you know, an opportunity of a lifetime. Really, you know, to get into that final and have one massive shot at a Dublin, Nick. You know, so you uh, as far as what did you think of Dublin on the weekend? What did you think of Dublin? I thought they were good. I thought... Uh, I thought... I didn't think they were tested. Do you know what I mean? In the areas that, you know, you would expect Westmeath even. You know, we talk about, you know, a, a switch. You know what I mean? Just a switch, you're 12 points down. You know, the game's gone from you. I thought maybe switch and, and put a bit of pressure on and see if, the, if there's... They didn't if fire a shot. Out. If you're gonna no, if you're gonna if you're gonna no, if you're gonna get any joy that way, and uh, it was it was damage limitation to the extreme. I thought uh, because I thought you know with twenty minutes to go in the game, surely you press and you push and you see what could happen. Like, but that never came. So you know they haven't still probably been tested, but that thing we talked about a couple of weeks ago the discipline thing is still there still a lot of balls moved moved up moved up you know in the very scoreable in the very scoreable range uh, but they look strong uh, physical fit um, and uh, we talked last week about you know no shape or make them there's a lot more shape to them yeah we know exactly what they're about uh, to, to to press the kick out in the aggressive way that they did with nine players uh, that's a, it's very difficult. You have to be very good. You, you're gonna have to be very good. No, don't get me wrong. Tony Gall are good. Tony Gall and Patton are very good at getting the ball away. They're very good at getting that ball over the top. I mean, we've seen how advanced Johnny Cooper is now. So to get that ball over the top, so there, you, there may be an opportunity then. But surely they've been hurt by that ball over the top by Tony Gall a couple of times before. I'm pretty sure they'll be ready for that one. But um. The, the Dublin just they look they look pretty good at the weekend, and I presume that they'll only improve from now. I tell you, what, I tell you, a big thing for teams now. Over the last number of years, you probably knew four or five of the Dublin forwards. Uh, that's a little bit more up in the air than it has been. Uh, there's a few guys who are putting their hands up, you know, like Bugler and and uh, Small, and and there's a few other guys who are coming off the bench, and, and as I say putting a hand up but uh, maybe Dublin were a li- not not easier to clamp down but a little bit easier to plan for you know your matchups etc uh, over the last couple of years so there's a little bit more movable parts in it but uh, look, they're still a, they're still a team to beat 
without stating the obvious. Dermot, did you think Kerry were going to win the All Ireland? Um, honestly, I thought that they were in with a show, but I still would have made Dublin favourites beforehand. And like you're looking at Dublin on Saturday night, and the one thing that impresses me hugely with them every day they go out, regardless of who they're playing or what the score is, is the work rate is off the charts from all of their forwards, midfielders, everybody. The the tackling back, the covering of runners. 10 points up, 10 points down, it, it, it doesn't really make any difference. And what impresses me about them is that these lads have had a huge amount of success in their careers and they're still coming back doing that time and time again. Um, and you could compare it maybe to what Kerry didn't do yesterday, you know. But um, the big fear I had for Kerry coming into the weekend, and I'll be honest, I didn't think they were going to get caught this weekend over, but was a lot of the favouritism was based on two national league ends um, against Manan. I saw it on TV, Oshin was doing the commentary, like, but Conor McManus came on at half time, really, in that game. Uh, he didn't play the first half. Kerry were well control. They won by three points. But as we've seen since, I don't know where Monaghan may be as good this year, maybe as they have been other years. And against half a Donegal team in Trillibus, you know. So that was kind of where I, I, that was a niggling thing in the back of our mind, you know, at all times saying, is it based on that? But I, I, would make Dublin hot favourites to win it. Like, I thought it was business as usual Saturday night. To be honest, if Jim Gavin was on the sideline, I don't think you would have seen too many changes from what happened, really, you know, in the greater scheme of things, like, you know, so, um, and they freshened up the scene. I think Bogler, he played well against Galway in the league. He did okay there the last day. They have new bodies coming through into their squad as well. I think that the Hiffel in the middle of the field, look, it freshens it up for them. And, and the fact that a couple of the older fellas are gone, they had to do that anyway in their squad, but you're still looking at fellas like Kieran Kilkenny, and I know, look, it's the first day or whatever, and the opposition wasn't great. He was outstanding now at the weekend, you know. So, um, I still make them, I had them favourites before this weekend, I still think they are. Kieran, yeah, look, oh, it's, it, it, it's, it's hard to look past them. It's hard to look past them. I think that the, the biggest thing about this Dublin team is the gears that they, they can shift into any gear they'd like. Uh, they seem like they, again, we talk about moments in the game, but if they need to ramp it up, they just you know, throw it in to, to fifth gear and off they go. Um, and Dermot mentioned it there, like the likes of Kieran Kilkenny and the hunger and the appetite to win um, is is what sticks out with this this team and did on Saturday night, um, no matter who the opposition is. And and I, I know we mentioned it there before, but like that's that's very hard to for a team to actually build because that needs to be built over time. And, and Dublin have done that really well. Um, over the last number of years, but yeah, it, it is it is hard to look past them. I, I will I will admit that. But I think there's there's definitely, as we mentioned before, the discipline side of things. Oshin, you mentioned it there, but there is some chinks in the armor. I think there's the, there's going to have to be some sort of uh, detailed opposition analysis done on Dublin um, to in order to to you know to come up against their system and defeat it, but. Um, I think I think there there is a sliver of hope there, um, but uh, I think it's a case of yeah, they're they're definitely were uh, everyone else in the pack is, is chasing Dublin, but they've definitely I know we mentioned before I've taken a step back towards towards the pack. Paul, maybe not just as devastating off the bench as the ones were as well. You know, we're, we used to talk about you know one six, one seven, one eight. You know, Cormac Costello coming out of nowhere, having played no football, scoring. Uh, three points, Bernard Brogan off the bench. So they're probably not as devastating as they have been off the bench. And there's a bit more onus. You talk about Kilkenny, there's a little bit more onus on Kilkenny to grab a few more scores. Um, and he is, he does seem to have the license now to play a bit closer to the goal like he does for his club. And 
be somebody who can do damage in there, but probably just not as devastating off the bench as maybe they have been. If if we look at what's coming up this coming weekend, Donegal Armagh and Down Cavan, um, in those matches, isn't it, it? It's interesting in that in that other semi final between Down and Cavan, there is a Division Three team going to be in an Ulster final. There are two Division Three teams in the Munster final. This is the tiered competition that we were going to introduce where there was a big divide here. In other matches, I personally, from having watched Limerick, Tipperary, Limerick should be in the Munster final. I think they left so many chances behind them and they suffered a really, really poor refereeing decision when they were denied a penalty yeah. late, in, late in the game. In, in the Leinster Championship, I think Leash were... I think Mike Quirk, by the way, has done an outstanding job with Leash when you look at the footballers that Leash yeah. lost, even Atride and Donny Kingston this year. He's done an outstanding job. But Longford were five points up well into the second half there yesterday. Division three team, hugely, hugely competitive. This, this, this divide that has been introduced won't fix the real problem here, which is which was manifest in the Dublin Westmead game, which was a contest that was over after five minutes, if you can call it a contest because that was a Division 1 team against a Division 2 team. So the, the divide isn't between 3 and 4 or 2 and 3. The divide is between the top 4, 5, possibly 6 teams and the rest. No, the divide's between Dublin and everybody else. They're okay. And you can't put, and you can't put Dublin, I don't think, you know, like the argument is you can't put Dublin in the championship on their own, much as we would love to. But uh, we can't be as good. We, no, we can't, we can't do that. But definitely the, the, the divide is between Dublin. I mean, any of the other teams that I have seen could be taken out by a, by a less or late, if you like. Um, like I watched uh, Darren and Fermanagh yesterday. And let's face it, lads, the first uh, half of the game was very, very, very painful. Very painful on the A's. But I tell you what, Down came into the game. They look like a team who need who needed a game. Uh, they're coming from Division 3. And, uh, you know, as the game went on, you know, that's Tally. Tally won the Seekers and Cup with St Mary's with, let's face it, six or seven top-class players and, and a crowd of gays who were just willing to do a job for them. Uh, so, yeah, so I don't think that the, the void is what it was. And if anybody's looking for a counter-argument to a tiered system, I mean, this championship has given you, has given you all you want on that. In, in, in the way so there are two things I want to talk about the Cork Kerry match before before uh, we, we look at the, the who's going to win the matches at the weekend the first is that incident in the in the first half where Peter Crowley got a little bit of sledging from the uh, from the Cork players and got a free reverse have, have have any of you guys ever been involved in uh, in similar incidents Sledging goes on in the field Paul I'm afraid to say um always has and always will I'd say really you know uh, no that was a little bit I suppose it was the fact that there was two or three lads came in at any one time and 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 in fairness fellas like how would, you, how would you put this now usually sledging wouldn't be uh, done um, as close to the ball or as close to the play as that uh, that it might be held in, in, in kind of you know that uh, it might be held back a little bit that you might get a touch of it not that we've seen much of inside the goals, not to be honest about it, like, but <laughs> that um, you would see a little bit of it going on, but it wouldn't be as um, as 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 fully up front as that. And that was just the passion of the game, look, and 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 the way the game was going. And Cork had a great turnover, and they were delighted with it, and they wanted to, you know. And that, and again, that leads back to the tone that they set from the start of the game that they were being very aggressive and being very. Uh, they were leading the charge yesterday, and it, it fed into that. But. Uh, 
proper sledging would be a bit cuter than that now, I'd say, fellow might have, you know, that kind of way, usually anyway. Oshin. Oh, yeah, I've had a good, a good dose of sledging. It's a, it's a big thing in, in Ulster. Uh, <laughs> you get plenty of sledging in Ulster. Um, your sister and your mother and all these things, and you know your mother's name and your sister's name and all that sort of thing. Uh, any example? Do you want to give us an example of any stories you've heard? No, I, I, no but no, but I, I will give you one example of uh, me having a chat with a ref one time. Uh, I'll not give you his name, but his name. I'll not give you his full name, but his name was Mickey. And we were playing in a match, and, and he thought I was trying to buy a few frees, which it wasn't, of course. That's that would be the song, so I wouldn't do that. But uh, he wouldn't give me, he literally would not give me a free under any circumstances. So I walked out to him and I said, Mickey, you know what you are? You're a complete bollocks. And uh, he started to walk towards me and I thought, oh, here we go. This is going to be yellow or red. And he came up and he says, Oshin, I've always thought you're a complete wanker, and you just confirmed that. <laughs> I, just thought, I just thought, I just thought, fair play. I laughed, he laughed, and two of us walked away and went on, went on about a job. I thought, fair enough, I'm going to give you stick, you're going to give me stick. But as far as sledging goes, um, it does. It gets very dirty up and Very special, very, very special to be sledged by the referee. Or, or yeah, in, no, in the, I, I, I have to. I, I had a hand it to him. I shook his hand after giving him. Said, fair enough. Um, Kieran, much in Australia. Uh, a lot of it in Australia, a lot of it. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one, sledging. I, I don't know. I, when you're on top of a player and you get sledged, it almost acts as a, you know, I'm, I'm getting the better of you here. Um, it's it's a funny one. Like, you know, I, like if a player, I've, I've, had a, I've had a player sledge me on, on numerous occasions, but like, you know, if a player... Uh, resorts to that i feel like he's he's under a bit of pressure um different story we saw yesterday which i think it was it was killian and Colum and and one other cork player had clearly cork had targeted Kerry's kickouts and they pressed right up and they it was a, it was a, a target for them they turned them over they were pumped because of it and emotions got the better and um and it backfired but um happens all the time Australia was was terrible for it like you know in relation to it was always the Irish one like they'd always go back to the Irish one you know what are you doing over in, in this country playing you know playing our game and all that kind of stuff and Satanto Halpin used to always say to me he was like you know if anyone ever says that to you you know just say you know I've been playing the game a couple of years and you've been you've been playing it your whole life and I'm out here <laughs> competing against you like you know and 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 getting on top of you like but it was always the easy one to go to but yeah, it's, it's a big part of the Australian game, I'll be honest. I think there, there's a lot of it goes on. But again, as, as Dermot alluded to there, it's, it's very much um, away from, from uh, the referee or, or anyone that, that might hear it. Like, you know, it's, it might be a whisper in the ear or something like, you know. But um, yeah, look, it's, it, it goes on. That's, that's the nature of it. It's, it's a highly competitive, competitive sport, like it's the same as GA, you know. So um, I think you just have to accept that it, that it will happen. But I think getting control of, of, of your emotions when you can potentially get caught, that's, that's another conversation. If you, have to kick in a, if you have to kick in a bad wide in the corner of the back who's out and push you and tells you about it, I mean, it's very, very tempting just to knock them out. But like, <laughs> that's just exactly what they're, what they're hoping for. But I see a lot of that going on at the minute. When somebody kicks a wide, you know, the corner back comes out, pushes him or, you know, gets in his face and, so annoying. It's even annoying yeah. to look at, actually. Can I can I just say that the the one thing that that is a bugbear of mine is the old tap in the head or the rub in the head if a fella you know 
turns or gives away a free or something like you know that's I think that's uh, to me for others it might be crossing the line but for me I think it's I think that's crossing the line it's I think it's it's worse it's worse I think that's that's somewhere that that I'd have I draw the line at right Something well, like Shane, you've but, raised cornerbacks a few times on on this show. Do you have um? Is there something deep there? Some sort of issue? Oh no, no cornerbacks or what, what they are like. I, I the most of the cornerbacks that I played against, I, I never ever seen them kick a ball. You know what I mean? Like, and uh, if my if either of my sons ever say I'm going to be a cornerback, like I, I wouldn't let them. They play te- tennis or something. No way will they be a cornerback. Um, we, 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 we have to ask the question last week after Tyrone were knocked out of the championship there were questions asked about Mickey Hart is Peter Keane's position in jeopardy he was given a three year term when he started he's two years in is he safe Dermot yeah he is I think so yeah I think it'd be very harsh to um, get rid of managers off the back of this year like do you know like I mean it has been extraordinary year. do you know it's 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 Yes, there'll be a lot of questions asked after yesterday, um, and you'd hope that the management team and the players will learn from it. But definitely, he's next year to to he'll have next year fix to it. yeah to fix it. And like, look, let's put it like this: let's be under pressure next year because um, to I think like you look at last year for Kerry, and maybe the balance was too much towards attacking. This year, yesterday was definitely way skewed the other way you know so there's a balance there to be had if that's the way they want to play the game you know that they can improve on and try and find the right mix you know Kieran said it there a while ago the one the one thing I'd say about the system Kerry were playing was they didn't use it in the league matches early in the year now maybe the game plan was for them that they were going to play the National League use their period between the league and championship to, to fine-tune that system and then spring it on counties in the championship maybe that was the plan but you'd wonder had they enough time really to get that fine-tuned enough um, to, 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 for it to be successful in this year's championship. But as regards his position, I, I, don't see any, I don't see any issues there for next year now. Okay, if we, can, if we can just look at very quickly a run-through next weekend's matches. Donegal, Armagh, who's going to win that, Oshin? Uh, I can't see past Donegal. Donegal by five or six points or so. Kieran. I'd say Donegal, yeah, I think they'll win it comfortably enough. Dermot? Same, yeah, I think Donegal will win, yeah. They were impressive last week against Tyrone. I think they're a team that um, could go deep in the championship this year. The other Ulster semi-final, down against Cavan. Oshin? Very, very close one to call. I actually just fancy Cavan a little bit. Okay, Kieran. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go for Cavan there, just based off their 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 previous performance. To be honest with you, I thought they I thought they have a bit of momentum behind them now. And um, I think they'll get over. Yeah, probably Cavan as well. Like, like the one thing about Down is that compared to maybe some of the other teams is that they do have good scoring forwards like the Donlo here and O'Hagan and these guys. They're they're they have a bit of quality up front, but I just think with what Cavan have done already this year, they'll uh, they'll edge it. Um, Oshin Galway Mayo Connacht final. I think uh, I feel sorry for Galway to be honest because they've had their preparation has been massively disrupted. They needed that game against Slagle. Uh, that didn't happen. And I think that gives Mayo the edge big time. I think they've got a bit of momentum. There's luck is like a team that's playing decently and they've got a couple of lads on there who are score hungry and uh, have made a real difference. And Conroy's made a real difference to them up front. He's uh, he's quality. He's he's uh, he's aggressive. Um, as far as he, he wants to get in the end of things he wants to get scores and that's exactly what Mayo have been lacking this past while so I'd go Mayo to, to edge that 
Kieran, I'd slightly go with Mayo as well. I think I think it's going. I think it's going to be very close. Um, I think we mentioned Connor Loftus move to midfield um, is a big is a big help to Mayo. I thought in previous years Galway were kind of getting the on top of Mayo and around the midfield. Um, but I think Mayo's running game now, and with Connor Loftus into midfield, I think he kind of sets it up well. You know, pops it left and right to Keegan and Durkin coming off the shoulder. I just think Mayo's running power will will um, get them over the line. Uh, but I do think it's going to be a close one. Dermot? Yeah, I think I'd, I'd fancy Mayo just about. I think from Galway's point of view, the hiding they took up in Tuma a couple of weeks ago, they're going to come out all comes blazing the next day. Potter Joyce is going to have these fellas bouncing off the walls before the game. So, whether they have the quality of football or them to back it up as well, Shea Walsh, you see the problem with him, he's coming back from injury. The game this weekend would have been great for him. Damien Comer is a big loss to him if he's not there as well. Because of that, I give Mayo an edge. I think they were impressive enough yesterday um, with the likes of Durkin in particular driving down through the middle. I'd have a, maybe a few worries for them long-term middle of the field. I think they had to bring out Aidan O'Shea in the second half playing into the breeze really to get more of a grip out there. Um, but I fancy them just because of the matches they've played uh, to win the title at the weekend. The Leinster Senior Football Championship semi-finals, Dublin Leash, Oshin. Uh, Leash have done well so far, uh, but um, like there's, they're not going to be able to keep keep with uh, keep with Dublin. Dublin uh, Leash will be trying to keep the score down, but hopefully having a go as well. But um, I, I go Dublin by double scores. Kieran, yeah, look, I uh, I think Leash will will stick with him for for maybe even half half the game. Um, but I to be fair, I I, I think Leash will will come again. Like they they're very competitive. They're a competitive team. They're a team of competitors. Um, I don't think it's going to be as easy as some people might think. But I think. Dublin's running power will kind of come to the fore maybe the last 15 minutes or so and maybe they'll they win by you know five six points in the end and Dermot oh Dublin will win like that's that's I'm afraid that's the way it's going to be like but it, it'll be very interesting to see how Michal sets out leash you know is he going to set them up to have a crack will they have a go or are they going to do what Westmeath did at the weekend and just avoid you know kind of complete obliteration like Meath and Wicklow yesterday, do you know that is that the way they're going to approach it? So um, Dublin will win, but I, I think if Leash have a go, you'd like to see them have a crack and just see if they can expose some chinks in Dublin's armour anyway. Speaking of Meath and Wicklow, did either of you lads tip Wicklow in that game last week? <laughs> for, for those of you who are listening on the podcast, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I actually didn't think you heard me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, I didn't quite hear you. It was only when I listened back. I'm really sorry I missed that list with last oh, week. I thought you would have picked up on it at the time, but uh, well, we'll leave it go. We'll leave it listen. Ockham's, just... Ockham's not such a tough place to go after. All. Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. So it's me, Kildare. So I watched Offley Kildare um, yesterday, and it was. Um, I thought Offaly were exceptionally unlucky. They missed three goal chances, authors of their own misfortune in missing the goal chances, one by four points. So the improvement in Kildare is not immediately obvious, I think. So Kildare, Kildare, it's Kildare Mead on Sunday. Who's winning that, Oshin? After not tipping them last weekend, uh, I'm going to turn tables and I'm going to go for them. I just, I just think that uh, they seem to have found a little bit 
Uh, I know this young Carl Hickey who coached for a while. He come on, got a goal. Uh, they have a little bit more pace in the, in the team than they had done and they've been crying out for forwards and uh, that seems to have been answered they're not relying on one person anymore so uh, I'll just go Mead to just about edge it Kieran. Yeah um, I think Mead, Mead to edge it as well um, just looking at both teams kind of holistically um, top Mead's performance the performances in the league um, justify their they're them beating Kildare. I think they're they're competitive. Um, they're hungry. Um, just just from watching Kildare, like they they're full of class. They've classy footballers, but I just I don't know if they've been tested to the extent that Mead have over the last you know seven eight months. Um, so I think I think Mead will will, will win this one. Yeah. When we uh, when we come back next week, we'll be looking at a review of all of those matches, and we will be previewing the Ulster football final and the Munster football final so thanks a million lads thanks thanks a million for joining us Dermot on this dark day for uh, for, for Kerry football congratulations again Kieran, and thanks a million Oshin. We'll, we'll talk to you all last, next week and thanks a million to Renault as well thanks with Renault official car partner of the GAA taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.